All right, here we go. So let's jump into 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Um, and and this this had been maybe for the last week and a half, something like a scripture that just had been in my heart and in my mind, been reading over and over and over and over again. And and I believe God has something for us here, um, especially as we start out, um, you know, the new year. Has anybody ever said to themselves, God, I just, I just want to be pleasing to you, or God, I just want to do what's right in your eyes, or God, I just want to... I, you know, you, you can you can um, you can type in the box if you want, or you can do the hand raise thing if you want to. But you but but if, has it ever been your desire to just like I just want to make sure that I'm doing this right, or I just want to make I see you pair. I it's like I just want to make sure God. I, I see you, Crystal. I just want to make sure that's right, Carla. I just want to make sure that 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 I am pleasing you. That's right, Brian, Natalie. That 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 I want to make sure that I see you, Micah. That I want to make sure that I am that I that 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 whatever it is you want me to do, that I am living that. That's right. Lord daily because uh, it is a daily struggle watch this i love this scripture um uh, and maybe we'll maybe in in a bible study coming up this thursday or maybe next next week so i think we got something for this thursday um uh we might dive into into some of the scriptures that preceded this but but here's what he says at first corinthians 6 19 through 20 watch this it says do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit okay do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. So he says, don't you know, Val, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God. All right. Now watch this, Nisi. He says, you are not your own. You were bought with the price. Right. So therefore, now that word therefore, meaning so in light of that, in light of what we just said, and what did we just say? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who's in you, and it was given to you by God, and that you are not your own, you were bought with a price. So it says, therefore, so knowing this, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with, and essentially, isn't that what we want to say? God, how do I honor you in this flesh? How do I honor you with my life? How do I honor you in the way that I live? How do I honor you in the way that I conduct myself? How do, how do I honor you? Listen, that, that if my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And, 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 and that's what I, and the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And I am not my own, as Laurel said. How do I then? How do I then honor God with my bodies and with my body? And so there, there are six points from this scripture that I want to hit today. Um, and and I, I already see Charmaine rolling her eyes. She's like six. Normally you have four. Like why are you doing six? I won't be long, Charmaine. They won't. They won't. They won't be long. Watch this. Um, we don't want to make Charmaine upset on the first Sunday of the of the new year. And so, but there's six quick points that 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 we're going to hit today. Regarding this, regarding this, and we want to hit three on on what it is saying and those implications, right? And then, and then, right, right. I see you, parent. And then what? And then what should we do in light of it? So, so three points on what this is saying, and then points on what this means, what we what we should do. Let's talk first about our bodies being the t- being the temple uh, uh, of the Holy Spirit. The, our bodies being the so now. Don't forget. So, who they're writing to? So, so when you when you talk about temple and you see what they what they're thinking about, you have to understand that um, in the days of Moses, when when they had the tabernacle and then they had the Ark of the Covenant, like that's where worship took place. And not everybody could even go into the tabernacle, right? And then in the days of Solomon, they built the temple. This is where worship took place. This is where people would go there 
to worship, right? And then the temple got destroyed uh, after Israel was taken captive where they split as a kingdom. Then they were both were taken captive, northern and southern. And then Nehemiah is where we see them trying to rebuild the temple walls, right? And then the Roman Empire tore down uh, that second temple. And what's left is still there in, in Jerusalem. The, they call it the, the, the Wailing Wall. There's one wall still left uh, from the temple and people visited, you know, it, it all the time. And so there was, there was this emphasis, you know, on the place. Remember, we're in this new covenant where the emphasis is not on the place. The emphasis is on who's in us. And we say this all the time that we are the church. However, we play so we say it, but we still place so much emphasis on a building, on four walls, on who's in the place and what we feel when we go there. And the, and, and the writer here is saying that, listen, your body is the temple. Now, like you are the church. Your body is the temple and the Holy Spirit is inside of who? Inside of you. Don't forget that in the Ark of the Covenant was the, the two tablets uh, where the Ten Commandments were written on, right? And so that was inside the Ark of the Covenant. And so when we say that we're the temple, we talk about the commandments that God gave us. And we'll get to those that love the Lord your God and love your neighbor the same way you love yourself, right? And so we are the temples. And we 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 have been past the days of a place, but we have to we have to we have to take hold of that because we sit we slip back into honoring a place, into honoring our organization, into honoring our place and our church and our this and our that, when it's never meant to be about anybody's four walls, when we are what? The temple and the Holy Spirit is what? Placed inside us. This should relieve us from trying to look for a place and to look for that. And where do I fit in? And how come me? And all this other kind of stuff for a place. It's not about the place. We are the temple. We are now watch this. I want to show you something. Remember Jesus when he spoke to the woman at the well. Watch this, Natalie. Let's go to John 4, chapter 20. John, John chapter 4, excuse me, verse 20 through 26. Watch this. So, so he's in this conversation. Now, this woman knew what she was talking about because she's going down with, well, you know, you're a Jew and I'm from and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you even talking to me? She knew all the cultural stuff, she knew all the ethnic stuff. She was in this conversation with Jesus. She knew all about it. Now, watch this. Here's what she says to Jesus. She says, Our ancestors worship on this mountain, talking about a place. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Okay, talking about where the temple, was, where the second temple was, right? And I broke it down, and 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 it had the, so she, so then she, so then Jesus responded. So now here she go talking about place, right? She says our ancestors worship on the mountain, talking about place, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Talking about place, talking about law, talking about tradition, talking about old, right? Talking about old stuff. Here we go, verse twenty-one. Jesus says to her, "Woman, believe me." A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. It says, believe me, the time is coming where the place and this location stuff is not going to matter. All right. I'm trying to get us to understand that when you wake up in the morning, that you hold inside of you the Holy Spirit. You are the temple. You are the church. I see you, parent. Says, says, watch this. Because it should, it should free you. Because listen, I won't get into it just yet. Um, and maybe I won't get into it. Maybe I'll do it later. But watch this. Because sometimes we're held hostage by that. We think, I mean, I, I remember being part of a church where, where if you weren't, if you left that church, they were acting like you were leaving God because there was so much emphasis on the place. You couldn't possibly be in the will of God by, and leave this place. Anyway, so, so here we go. He says, so he says, believe me, a time is coming. I see you, Tracy. Watch this. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. 
Okay. He says, so there's going to come a time, lady, when none of this is going to, none of this matters. Now watch this, verse 22. It says, you Samaritan worship, Samaritans worship what you do not know. He says, we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Watch this. He says, yet. So watch this. He says, despite that, Okay, he says, yeah, no, you don't even know what you're worshiping. You're worshiping about it. all this other kind of stuff. He says, and we worship because it, it, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. He says, but however, yet here it is. Verse 23. This is Jesus again, casting aside all this ethnic stuff, all this Jew stuff, all the Samaritan stuff, all this mountain, all this Jerusalem. He says, yet watch this. A time is coming. And then he specifies because he told her there's going to come a time when none of that matters. He says, yet a time is coming. Watch this, watch this, Latarsha. Then he, then he says, he says, and the time has now come, okay? So he's saying the time is coming. Then he says, but guess what? Now the time is. You don't have to wait for it. Watch it. I see you, Natalie. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for confirmation from your man of God. You don't have to wait for a prophecy. You don't have to wait for the, the prophet, the son of God says, the time has now come. We've been in the days where it's done with that stuff. We've been in the days where that, we've been past the days where that stuff matters. Jesus literally said, Jesus, more, more than 2,000 years ago, has literally said the time is now where none of that matters. And, and, look, and, 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 and to this day, we still don't get it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I'm trying to get you to see that in, in, in 2024, you, I, I don't have nothing catching for you in 2024. It's that you are the temple of God. Honor God with your bodies. Listen, I talked to Nisi, man, Nisi, Nisi would tell me sometimes, get up in the morning, she'd go through her routine, and she'll have a whole church service right there at home by herself with her word and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because she is the temple. Because she is the church. That she doesn't need to go into a building. She doesn't need me to crank up the organ. She doesn't, no, that's fine if, I mean, if it helps and it, and it edifies, absolutely. But, but the fact of the matter, I see you, Brian, but the fact of the matter is, is that the Holy Spirit lives in me. And when I wake up, the, temp, the temple is alive and ready for worship. Solo. And that's why there's power. I would say, well, if two or more are gathered in his name, there he is right there. Because it doesn't take much. Because if the Holy Spirit's in me and the Holy Spirit's in, in, in Tracy, when we get together, we good. All right, watch this. Yeah, the time is coming. Here's Jesus. So he says, yep, you know about the mountain and you know about, Jeru and you know about Jerusalem. You know, and we know what we worship, but you Samaritans don't know. He says, but let me, with all that being said, let me tell you this. That's right, parent. He said, with all that being said, let me tell you this. That a time is coming and has now come. So he's like, this is Jesus thousand, thousand years ago. And we just now trying to catch up with this concept. He says that, watch this. He says that when true worship, that, that the true worshipers, watch this, will worship the father in spirit and in truth. He says, for they are the kind of worshipers that the father seeks. That when God is, watch this, this is what Jesus says, that these are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. That when God is looking upon the earth for true worship, he's not looking for a building, he's not looking for a temple, he's not looking for, he is looking for a person. He is looking for the Denise temple. He is looking for the crystal temple. He is looking for the Micah temple. He is looking for the Tatiana temple. He's not looking for a building. He's not looking for my address. He's not looking at, at Tourmaline Terrace. He, is, he, he says, for that's, that's the worship that the Father seeks. Where are my people who are worshiping? Me and spirit. And then how do I do that? By, by honoring what? God in our bodies. 
Watch this. Then, then Jesus goes on to say, 20, verse 24, God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. We got it? I see you, Natalie. I see you, Laurel. We got it? Watch this. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then the woman says, I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Now, here's Jesus explaining everything to her and says, well, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he gets here, he's going to explain everything to us. Everything was just explained, right? Now, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says to her, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. Jesus said this a long time ago. Like, I know you think, because I'm telling you, you can go to, you can go to any seminary, you can go to any church, you can go to these church plant conferences and all that, and they will tell you, here's how you build a thriving church. And here's what it means for your church to be there. No, if we, people are the church, build up people, build up the temples. We don't need to build a building with this business plan and that business plan and then this marketing plan and that marketing plan and this and that. And I know it goes against everything we talk about in this Western civilization and this Western culture. You got to have the strategy meeting and you got to have the marketing team and you got to have this and then you got to have these musicians and then you got to have this and you got to have, and everything they say you got to have excludes the Holy Spirit that's right inside of us. <laughs> they give you, they look, they give you the PowerPoint. You, you need, you need, you need to be connected with, with this church, and you need to be connected with this affiliation. You need to be connected with this person, and you need to be connected. And they leave everything out. Except they leave everything out. We are the temple. They leave it out. Here's the 10-point plan to grow your church. No, I'm sorry. Let me get. Let me. No, let me keep moving. So, so, so what? So, our bodies are the temple. This is one thing we got that that the scriptures tell us, right? Number one, we are the temple. Number two, and this is one of the hardest things for us to get. This is one of the hardest things for us to get from the scripture. Watch this. It says that we are not our own; that we've been bought with a price. One of the hardest things for us to walk in is the understanding that my life is not my own. My life is not my own. And even now, we do a lot. We do a lot of teaching where where Christ is in your life to enhance your agenda and to enhance your goals and to make your wildest dreams come true and to, and to make sure that anything you can imagine gets done in your life, but your life is not your own. What's that song from Frozen? Let it go. What happens? Do we, do we really want God in our life? Because then what happens if the thing you've been dreaming and the thing you've been wanting and the thing you've been saying, I feel like this is my purpose in life and I'm so passionate about this and God says, I don't want that for you. Your life has nothing to do with that. Your life is not your own. It's mine. And here's where I'm directing you. Because see, we've been taught for so long, whatever it is you want, whatever you want to do, come to church and then pray. And if you pay your tithes, and if you do this and you do that, God's going to make it all come true for who? For you. Because we are the center of the universe. We're the center of God's universe. Untrue. God is the center of God's universe. If, if anything else would be the center of God's universe, they would be God. And God ain't sharing his glory with nobody, especially his creation. <laughs> He's sharing nothing with us. It's his glory. Watch this, Galatians 2, 19 through 20. Charles and I were talking about this late last year, how he said 2023, God was coming for us. He's still coming for us. Got to get this self, this selfishness, this me as the, that's what you see here, the main thing, this me as the main thing out of the way. I am not the main thing. What did Jesus say? If you want to follow me, you got to count up the cost. What if it costs you everything that you want, everything that you desire? Will you follow me? 
Here it is. Uh, Galatians 2, 19 through 20. For, watch this. Uh, for, for through the law, I, I, I died to the law that I might live to God. Watch this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Right? It's no longer I who live, but it is what? Christ who lives in me. Watch this. And so the life that I now live, this, this is going on in 20. Now, the life that I live says, which I now still live in the flesh. Right? We talk about honoring God with our bodies. He says, which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. So we see what? We see that we are not our own. We see that we are the temple. We are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We see that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price and that we are to do what? It says, therefore, that we are to honor God with our bodies, a high respect, a great esteem, adherence to what is right. Uh, uh, stand. Look, one definition for honor is to adhere to a standard of conduct. <laughs> that I must adhere to, to honor God with my body is to adhere to a standard of conduct. To fulfill an agreement. I have to honor. So that's right, Brian. So if I, if I sit there and tell Brian I'm going to do something, I have to honor that promise to fulfill that, to fulfill or keep that obligation or that agreement. What is it? Romans 12, 1 that says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service. Some translation says this is your true and proper worship. To off, listen, I can get, look, because some so many times we define things based on our experience or based on what we do or based on what society says. So when we say it's time to worship, we oftentimes think of a slow song in church. But that we worship, sure, we worship God during music, but you don't need music or a song to worship. Here is telling us that offering your body as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God, to live in a way that is pleasing to God is worship. When someone does you wrong and you choose to forgive them, that's worship. When, 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 when you're talking to some friends and there's some temptation to do something that you know you shouldn't do, and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that, I'm not down with that, I'm going to do what I know is right, that's worship. Mm-hmm. I see you, parent. I see you, Tracy. That's worship. That's honoring God. And it's a sacrifice because what you want to do is go back at them. What you want to do is let them know, listen, you ain't going to sit here and chump me like that. Like that, that that's not even happening. You want to go, you want to go back at them. But it's but my, but I but my life is not my own. I can't even I can't even do to you what I want to do. Not even going, can't even do it. Because what? I am in this in this situation, I am offering my body as a living sacrifice and I'm going to do that which is holy and pleasing to God. That's my worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. So we got what? We got we got we got that our that that our bodies are the temple of God, right? We are not our own. It's no longer I that lives, and that we are to honor God with our bodies, right? Okay. Now, in this particular instance, where he was talking about this, 
there was a lot um, where he was uh, talking about uh, sexual immorality and stuff like that. So maybe we'll jump back into some of those scriptures during Bible study and talk about that too, um, as far as that context with it. So now we did those first three points. I told you we're going to take long, Charmaine. Um, See, so you rolled your eyes and got mad over nothing. So those are first three, right? What the scripture is saying, okay? Now here's what we're talking about. We say, so here's what I do. I want to honor the Lord. I want to go back to the Old Testament because some of the, st the stuff that we see in the New Testament, especially what it said from Jesus, we see in the Old Testament. Watch this. Deuteronomy 10, 12. Watch this. Deuteronomy 10, 12. That's right, see. <laughs> I wish I could do it in the in the Bishop G.E. Patterson voice. I, I just want to be right. Watch this. Deuteron but I can't do it. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher like he was. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 12 says, and now, and now Israel, here's what, here's what Moses is saying. And now Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Watch this. He says, but to fear the Lord, your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. That sounds similar to Jesus, right? What Jesus said. I'm going to show you. Watch this. Here's what Moses said. We're talking about honoring God with our body. He says what? Fear the Lord your God. So he said, this is what the Lord requires of you. This is what he's telling Israel. Here's what God's requiring of you. He says, fear the Lord your God. Walk in his ways to love him and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Let's talk about fear of the Lord. Uh, here's what's interesting, too, because, you know, I was always, you know, taught that, you know, this fear of the Lord isn't this, I'm afraid of God, this because God is so scary and things like that. It's, it's more of a healthy respect. I don't necessarily think that it's a, be, it's a being afraid of God, but I do think it's way more dramatic than just a healthy respect. Like my neighbor, my neighbor, Danny, has a big old pit bull named Otis. So, you know, if his dog's named Otis, it's, it's an old, old, you know, it's a mean dog. And that dog looks so mean. I have a healthy respect for Otis. That's different than, than, than the fear of God. It's a, it, it, like Chris said, it's a reverence. It's a respect. It's an understanding. It's an understanding of, it's an understanding of the grace of God, an understanding of the judgment of God. Remember, remember, even in the Old Testament, when we read this, when people, they were afraid of the presence of God. Not that we have to be fearful, like, oh, gosh, I'm so, but like this, this understanding, because what happens, and especially it's happened in our teaching, we have a way of, of projecting our thought of who God is on God. When he's much, 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 much more deeper, much, much, much more holy than that, much, much more uh, deserving of our, he is not even what we can conceptualize. This is why we have the Bible. This is why we have the Holy Spirit in us revealing to us all truth, revealing to us who God is, because we can't even in our human minds conceive the greatness and the power of God. And he says, and watch this, it says that we are to what? To fear the Lord our God. That he, he is not just some, some, being that we should be just super comfortable with our oh, God, no, no, God, no, no, no. like, no, 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 no. There is, a, there is an awe and there is a reverence. There, there is, there is a fear. Watch it. What does uh, Psalm nine, uh, Proverbs nine, 10 say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. That this reverence and this fear, this awe of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 10, seven says, Fear the Lord will lengthen one will lengthen one's life, but the the years of the wicked 
are cut short. That my reverence, watch this, that my reverence and my fear of God vow, watch this, affects my conduct. We're talking about honoring God with our, God with our bodies. Watch this, that my fear of God, watch this, Charmaine, that my fear of God guides my conduct. That there is a way that I'm going to treat uh, 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 Crystal, there's a way that I'm going to treat Sierra because of my fear of God. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. So it says what? Fear the Lord. I see you see here. Fear, fear the Lord. Then what did he say? He says, and walk to walk in his ways. Here's what he said. Well, here's what the Lord requires of you. He says to fear the Lord. And it says to walk in his ways. Watch this. Walk in his ways. James 1, verse 22 through 25. James 1, 22 through 25. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. I feel like this is one of Val's favorite scriptures. Deceiving yourselves. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, like looking at yourself, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what type of man he was. To hear the word, see yourself and see the flaws and walk away as if you heard nothing. Verse 25 said, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what? And continues in it and walks in it is what? Is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Watch this. This one will be blessed in what he does. Y'all looking for a catchy phrase for 2024 and how you're going to be blessed and where well, we're giving me a word that's going to bless me for 2024. How God's going to do this for me, do that for me, do that for me. All I'm saying is do, do the word. Honor the Lord in your bodies. He says what? And if you, if you continue in it and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, I'm sorry, I can't make that rhyme with 2024. But here's what he says, but be a doer of the work. This person will be blessed in what they do. I can get you excited and come up with a cliche if that's what you guys want. Or I can give you Bible. It says the one who hears the word and does the word, that's the one that will be blessed in what they do. Walk in his ways. That's right, see here, uh, parent, Bible, Bible. That's right. Okay, Crystal said, give us the Bible. Y'all let me know. Type in the chat box. Do y'all want a cliche? Type in cliche or type in Bible. Whichever one y'all want, that's what I'm going to give y'all in the next 10 minutes. Cliche or Bible. So so, so, so we saw what? That's right. See, <laughs> let's go Bible. That's, yeah, that's Pastor John Hanna. Let's go Bible. Here we go. So he says, fear the Lord. <laughs> fear the Lord walk in his ways okay so we got those two and then and then it says and love love and serve the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul now watch this here's matthew 22 35 and 40 this is what they talk to jesus about and then we then we'll be done see charmaine i told you it wasn't gonna be that long i said six points and charmaine got mad this is the sixth one watch this um love 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 and serve the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul watch this uh because remember we talked about us being the temple and we talked about how from tabernacle to temple, you had the Ark of the Covenant, right? And 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 uh, it's widely believed that Aaron's staff was in was in was in the Ark as uh, Ark uh, uh, of the Covenant as well. Um, but the 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 two tablets that had the Ten Commandments were on there, right? And so that that's where the Ten Commandments were, right? Then watch this. So one of the one of the experts of the law tested Jesus uh, with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus wrote. Now remember, we are the temple. Now Jesus is saying, here's the law. 
here's what's here's what here's what you hold inside of you. Here's here's you know, we talk about the Ark of Covenant, think about well, here's the here's the new law and the Holy Spirit's inside of you. This is what's in you. Watch this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, doesn't this sound close, <laughs> almost verbatim, to what God told Moses to tell Israel in Deuteronomy? And here's Jesus telling us the same thing. This is what I'm talking about as far as bridging principles, because God is still God. He's still the same. And what he requires is still the same. He deals with us differently. We have much more grace. He deals with us differently. The requirements are the same. Thank God for Jesus. Watch this. It says, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38 says, this is the first commandment. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Okay. Now, again, we talked about this where he could have just stopped at the first. Because he said, which one, is the, which one is the greatest commandment? And he says, okay, well, here's the greatest one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He could have stopped there because that's the only thing the person asked him. What's the greatest? But Jesus said, that's the first and greatest. He says, however... The second one is just like it. So he didn't, he didn't want to leave it with just the first. He didn't want to leave it with just that one. He said, however, just as much as that's the greatest one, this is, this is, this is just like it. He says, the second one is what? Is like it. Because it's easy for me to say, well, I love God with everything I got, but I can't stand people. Oh, we like saying stuff like that. I love God. I love God, man. I love God with all my heart, all my soul, but I can't stand people. Oh, I hate people. People say, we do that all the time. That is, that is not biblical. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, in, 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 in uh, first, is it first John or second John or third? I can't remember which one. Maybe I'll take it next week where it says that love is of God and anyone who love is born of God and knows God. But he who loves not knows not, knoweth not God because God is love. And so I cannot say that. And it says, how can you say you love a God who you haven't seen, but you can't love the person that you see? Listen, I don't think we emphasize, we emphasize how hard it is to forgive, but do we need to do a teaching on how hard it is to love? Wait a minute. Do we have to do a Bible study on that? I think so, because I don't even understand. I see you, Tracy. I see you, Tracy. Because we do, we do, we do, we do Bible studies on how hard it is to forgive all the time. But do we need to do a do a teaching on how hard it actually is to love? We think love is easy. We think love is easy. We think love is a feeling. We think I can, I don't, I can love, but not get my sleeves rolled up and get. That's why Brian. This is why I love a church that's dedicated to the Bible. First John four twenty. Listen, I can, I can love, but I don't have to. But I can, I don't have to roll up my sleeve. That love will never get messy. That love will never cause me hurt. We, we think love is super easy. There ain't anything easy about love. I see you, parent. I'm struggling. <laughs> Me too. Do we need to do a teaching on how hard it is? Because we can do forgiveness. We know forgiveness is hard. Well, do we need to do it? Do we realize just how hard it is to walk in true love? <laughs> Tracy said tomorrow. Well, I'm not doing this tomorrow, Tracy. We're going to do it. Tracy, funny. We're going to do it, though. We're going to do it. I'm not sure I'm ready for it. I know I'm not. So here's what Jesus says. He says, okay, so love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Remember, we're talking about what, what we do when we talk about honoring God with our bodies, right? And so, there, and so we saw that there's the fear of the Lord, there's the walk in his ways, and then, okay, well, what's the commandments? It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then, and then he says, this is the first commandment, with, uh, the first and greatest commandment. Then Jesus says something else. He says, and the second one is like it. Nobody asked him what the second greatest was. No one asked him this, but it's so important that he had to give it to us without even being asked about it. 
Nobody asked him this. This is just him offering it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, so, so love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, and, and here's the next one. He said, love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. Then he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That if you do all of these two, you ain't even got to worry about fulfilling. You're going to fulfill everything else. If you, if you live, if you walk in these ways that you've just fulfilled all the law and everything the prophets are teaching on, they hang on these two commandments. Here's Jesus telling us that. And it looks easy, but that love is not easy to walk in that continuously every day. I need the Holy Spirit in me <laughs> to help me to help me with that. He says, if you can do these, then you fulfilled all the law. And it was so tough. Watch this. It was so tough that the guy's trying to find a way out. He said, well, if you read further, he says, well, who's my neighbor? Because it because he didn't want to just leave it at that. Well, now specify who I've got to love. The way I love, the way I love, because that's what we do. We try to find wiggle room, how I can get out of it. He says, well, then who's my neighbor? And, we, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about all that maybe in, in, in the, <laughs> in the love teaching. Because essentially it comes down, whoever needs your help, whoever needs your love, that's your neighbor. Because we talked about the, 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 uh, uh, the Good Samaritan and, the, you know, because the, the, the guy who was walking down and got robbed and how many people who, and this is a story, but Jesus says how many people, you know, there were several, a uh, couple people for, who were uh, um, leaders in the church walk right past him. He says, he, this person walked past him, this person walked past him and someone else who should have left him there. He helped. That's his neighbor. That's your neighbor. Okay. So we'll talk about that. Uh, let's pray.